welcome to the very first official episode of Soulbound Studios podcast. With this official launch today, December 3rd, I am really excited to also announce the launch of the podcast website. If you go over to soulboundartstudios.com, there is a section at the very bottom of the page that is called Ask Me Anything. Here, you can ask whatever you want. This is an unfiltered approach to be able to have open, candid, fun, and if you would like, serious conversations. This is your opportunity to be part of this podcast, to engage, and I can answer any question you'd like. So go on over to soulboundartstudios.com and submit your question. For our very first episode, I am so excited to feature my dear friend Jess. She is a graphic designer at jmmartistdesigner.com. But she's also one of the founders of this brand. She helped me brainstorm and bring this brand to life. And we've had such a beautiful journey. And that's what this podcast is all about. And so I wanted to feature her on this and, and just really regroup with her to see where where we've been, what we're going through now, and where we see ourselves going. And this is just a beautiful conversation about artistic journeys as a whole. So buckle in, grab your coffee and enjoy this conversation I'm having here with Jess. Hey, Jess. Hey. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. Um, So for, this is technically our second episode for Soulbound Studios. Um, I did a pre, like a teaser episode, um, Mm -hmm. but this is, I guess, officially the first one that's launching with our new podcast, December 3rd. So, um, the reason why I wanted you specifically on this podcast is because you were a major part of one, my entire journey to get to this point, but two, you helped brainstorm and bring Soulbound Studios to life. You were with me throughout the whole lawyer process to get the registered trademark. Like this isn't just a podcast. This is a whole brand and you were part of that. And so I felt it was only right, it didn't feel right to launch this without at least introducing you and having people hear the background and why we brought this to life. So we've kind of been on a journey with this. And what I want to do is like go back to 2020 when we first met, that chaotic year. And we first met in 2020 and we bonded um, through art. And then I just kind of want to go through our journey and where we've been and what's coming next. So um, I guess if you were to point a pivotal moment in our journey, where do you think it started? What do you think was the biggest point? Well, it's funny because the reason why we connected, I told this story the other day. So I was like, where, Amanda, where did, where did we meet? Where, and I was like, oh my gosh, it was in you were doing market research for, um, your company and you were like, you put up like a Facebook post and you were like, are you a mom who's creative, who's struggling to find like time to be creative? Do you have small kids at home? Like, and I was like, uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. I can help this person out. And at that point I was, you know, on my graphic design journey 
and I hadn't touched a paintbrush in years. And you were just like, I, I don't know, we, I don't even remember. I think we started just like chit-chatting and then like, that was like, the beginning of the rest of our lives. <laughs> right. So I remember it very much like that. So it was in a, a boss mom's networking Facebook group, whatever it was. And um, I was in a business class and I was trying to learn about the people that I wanted to, where I wanted to start an art membership. And I think at that point I may have already started it. I was just trying to refine my marketing on it. So interesting now that I've been in marketing for over two years, I'm like, I had no idea what I was doing then. And to see the kind of the strategic things, anyways, regardless, um, I was trying to just kind of figure out my target audience. And you're like, that's me. And then I was like, hey, this girl's really cool. Maybe she can help me in the art membership. And we had maybe like 10 subscribers in the yeah. art membership. It, it was very small. I don't think you and I ever really got a full paycheck, but we did it for like a year. And, um, I I think that that moment we bonded through art. We found each other through art. We identified as artists for the first time together. Like yeah. it was really cool to see how sharing our love for art could help a bond. There's a connection there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that was something that was really cool. And I'm still in contact with a lot of our members. Like I'm still Facebook friends with like Tammy and Olivia. And it's just really fun to like see how their lives have played out. And anyways, it's really cool. So I think the biggest thing, if I could take away from that time was how chaotic it was though. Like we loved it. We had a lot of fun with it, but there was no direction. None. There's no vision for it. And I take responsibility for a lot of that. But when I look at back at my entire life during that time, that was like consistent across the board. Mm -hmm. There was no direction in my marriage. There was no direction in my parenting. There was no direction in my goals. I think the closest thing I had to direction in my goals was that art membership. But then I had no vision for that. So it was like this stagnant. I just kept feeling like I was held back by something and I couldn't figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so eventually I think after we burned ourselves out, I was like, you know what? I want to go back to school. And I think you and I both knew that when I decided to go back to school, our art membership was, I think we both knew it. Yeah. Um, well, it was, it was also a chaotic time for me and I was flailing. We had just, we had just moved to Texas and we, I had started my little t-shirt business. I think when we met, I had just, I was like hawking $50 logos. Mm -hmm. Like that's like the, it was the very beginning of that. And I think I knew deep down that I needed to focus on my own growth, but we were both so in this place of like pure love for art pure like love for each other like we knew that we were meant to meet and work together at some soul point. sisters soul sisters yeah but and we had so much passion about that project and where we had this like big like big vision like not vision but like we had this big hope for where it could go mm -hmm. both of us knew at that particular time that we didn't have our shit together and we knew that we needed to sort of like separate and focus on the things that we needed to focus on in order to grow our individual things. And that was just 
you know, I knew that when it, that when it sort of ended, that it wasn't going to be the end of it. Yeah. Well, we always knew that we'd stay in contact, but we just didn't know what the future looked like. Like at when we ended it too, we were in the middle of branding what we knew it could be. We, mm-hmm. we were in the middle of the, the registered trademark process. I think we had, I had paid the lawyer, we'd submitted all the documents and then we ended it. And then like eight months later, the lawyer got back to me. and was like, by the way, you have a registered trademark now. And I'm like, great. What do I do with this thing? (laughs) I was reading back. I have my journal that I write in and it's this big fat journal that I've been working in for like two to three years and it's almost full. But I was reading back on some of my journal entries from that time. And I'm like, I was so miserable. I was so miserable. And it I don't think it had anything to do with the the membership. I actually just had got a thought and I'm going to share that with you after I tell you what's coming next for me when we get to that point. Um but I don't think it had anything to do with the membership. I think it had everything to do with the chaos in my life. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy in my marriage. Um my ex-husband at the or my husband at the time was deployed. I was essentially forced to be a stay-at-home mom, but I knew that I wanted to be working, but it was like the same fight over and over again that he got to work outside the house and I didn't. And I was responsible for my dreams, the home and the children. And it was just so much on me that like when I read back in my journal, I was so miserable, miserable. So I think it was the summer I came to visit you for your birthday in May. It was the spring of 2021. So a whole year after we had started this membership, um, right around that time, I started standing up for what I needed in my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I told my ex-husband that I was getting a job and a nanny was non-negotiable and I'm going to be working outside the home. And that was a whole fight in itself. But I also said I was going back to school and I was just trying to juggle all these things. But I started taking a stand and started living with intention um, where I hadn't done that before. And so that was a cool transition for me. And we kind of teetered out with our talking because I wasn't home all day to be on the, like on chat with you anymore. And, um, but I think I needed that break because it was a few months after I started working outside of the home that I was like, this is not a healthy marriage. This is not a healthy home. This is not a healthy family. And that's when I pushed for divorce. And so that was my divorce finalized in March of 2022. I've been in marketing now for two and a half years. And as I finally got my bearings, I feel like I've, I've gotten my bearings and I, I found out what it is that I want. And then all of these passions that we had built with Soulbound and this art membership and the things we wanted to do are all reigniting in my soul. And so it's like, it's time to bring this back to life. Like it was never really where it needed to be, but Mm -hmm. it's time to bring it back to life. So that's kind of my journey. Where have you been on your journey since we split? So I definitely dug into the graphic design part of my business and really immense way. You know, I'm, I'm branding full companies. I'm, my business has grown. Um, I started doing a lot of networking and, you know, working with a lot of different types of people. Um, so that's always there. Uh, but I also, and it's so funny because I remember this one particular, 
um, art membership, uh, I want to say episode, <laughs> this one particular art membership lesson, uh, lesson, thank you, um, that I did, uh, alongside you with you was the vision board experience. That's and my favorite one. So it was so powerful. And at the time I didn't know that it would kind of like reinvent itself a couple of times in my life. So I have actually done that lesson in person with groups of women in my area um, a couple of times since then. And just recently I did it again and people were just like floored. Like, when are you going to do this again? I really want to learn more about art journaling. You know, like this was such a powerful experience. When are you going to do more? Well, <laughs> I'm trying to figure a lot of things out in my life and my career, the whole, you know, balance slash harmony between being a work from home mom, small kids, family life. Um, it's hard enough working from home because there's no like, <laughs> there's no separation. Right. Um, so all of that. And then I, um, you know, graphic design is my main thing. And then I started making these custom hats so I'm building my online store and I'm launching that. And now everybody's like, oh, but what about this other thing that you do? You should do this too. And I'm like, yeah, when I clone myself, <laughs> you know, it's funny being a creative because we tend to have lots and lots and lots of ideas and we want to do all of the things. Um, and I think one of my main qualities is that I get an idea and I want to jump into it full force and I want to start it now. Mm -hmm. I want to start it yesterday because I get so inspired and then I have to like really, I'm like, okay, like, let's just do it. Why wait? Um, and sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. Um, I've been struggling with the custom hats a little bit because I'm really busy with my graphic design. So it's like, okay, what, how am I going to figure this out? And like, how am I going to ship these things? And what am I going to, you know, there's so many questions. Um, so the, but it, it does always go back to the art that fuels me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think about all of the time that we spent together and like how that really is who I am. And it translates nicely to my graphic design business, my branding business but I like there to be a balance. So yeah. how is there going to be a balance between the artist and the designer? I mean, it's in my business name. It's, yeah. it's who I am. So I think we're constantly reinventing ourselves and trying to, as creatives, um, artists, makers, designers, whatever we call ourselves, we don't have to put ourselves in a category. Um, I can be all of the things. I just have to figure out, you know, the logistics of it. And <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at is I really I really love one you you speak and I instantly get inspiration from you. Like I don't know what it is, but every single time I talk to you I'm like she's a fucking genius and I have to take that idea and run with it. Like there's I just I don't know what it is, but there's something that when I talk to you, my creative juices just start bubbling and I just have to just scoop them up. 
Um, there was a something that you said. So my favorite book of all time, I will probably reference this book in this podcast 80,000 times. I just finished reading this book for the fourth time. It's called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, Creative Living good. Beyond Fear. It's such a good book. And you had said something about turning your art into a business and, you know, wanting to value that for what it is, is I mean, I'm I'm paraphrasing because that's the way I interpreted what you were saying. But there's a quote in here that when I when I read this book, there's like so much highlighter and pens, and like <laughs> there's so many notes in the margins. But there's one in here specifically that I want to share. Okay, essentially, this is this portion of it. She's talking about loving what you do enough to like, it's a shit sandwich and you're going to eat your shit sandwich or whatever. Right. But there, my notes that I wanted to share, says, do not set out on any endeavor to make a living out of it. Keep your energy authentic. That was my notes on here. And then I wrote, do it because you love it, not because of what you hope it will become. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as creatives to start this new thing and it's going to be big and it really doesn't have to be. Does it have to be? If you knew that like your hat stuff would be a complete and utter failure, would you still do it because you love doing it? Like, you know what I mean? And that's kind of where I'm at with this podcast. Like I don't have any, I say I don't have any goals with it, but I do. Um, And that could be kind of how we transition into the next part of where we're going with this. Um, This, this last summer, I took a lot of different types of commissions. I've started doing mural paintings. I do window paintings. Um, and it, every single commission I've gotten this year, every single one of them has been dreadful. I've hated the experience. I've been miserable. I leave there cursing. I have pictures of me flipping off my wall. And that to me was a huge awakening. There's something that I'm doing why am I forcing myself to be in misery with this? Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I 100% know what you mean. Cause originally when I started with the hats, so I started following this, um, I'm trying to not say girl anymore. I'm sorry. Following this woman on Instagram and she is incredible. And then I started following all of these other hat makers and it is pretty trendy right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can, I'm going to do this. Like, this looks fun. Mm-hmm. This is fun because I needed something that was going to be, you know, like all of my graphic design work, all of that is for somebody else and art. There's got to be a part of your art that is just for you. So I bought a bunch of materials and I bought a some hats and I started playing and I found myself in that creative zone where it's like a, it's a meditation, right? I can't sit quiet and meditate, but when I make art is like, I get in that meditation zone. It lets your brain process all the shit. Or yeah. Or be quiet. Like it lets your, it's the place where my brain like finally shuts up and like times that's with art journaling or sometimes that's with like crafting or like, you know, just like doing something completely mindless, but the hats were like a fun thing. Right. And then 
people were so excited about them. They were like, oh my God, you need to sell those. You need to sell those. You need to sell those. And so I, I was like, yeah, like I can do that. Like let's sell some hats. Mm-hmm. And thinking that it was going to be, I'm going to make something, somebody buys it. I'm going to make something like somebody buys it. But then it's just like with paintings and kind of why I backed away from selling my large scale stuff was that everybody wants something that tells their story that they mm-hmm. have a personal connection to. And there's a, there's a block in me where if I'm commissioned to do a painting, I freeze up. Yes. I, if I'm commissioned to do a hat, I freeze up because I haven't built the confidence in myself as an artist. I have that confidence with graphic design, even though it sneaks in from time to time, but it puts so much pressure on me. It's like, what if they hate it? What if it's not the right style? What if I make a mistake in this whole thing? What it's like this, this, this it almost like it's almost depression a little Mm -hmm. bit like it sneaks into you and it's so hard to get it to go away and the only way to do it is to push through and if you don't if you're not if you've never been in this like circumstance when what you're putting out of your soul is being created for another person and like that that terror and fear of if if you fuck it up or if they don't like it, it's like, it's paralyzing. It's torture too. It's torture. It is. It's, it's, it's but, and torture. I don't know how people get, how people push through that. And I think it really is just do, maybe doing it over and over and over again. So that I would really love to get to a, ple- a place in my confidence that when somebody comes to me for a piece of art, that they're going to pay me for, whether it be a painting or a hat or a a logo or whatever it is, that I know that they've come to me for a reason and that they are like ecstatic to have a Jess Mercier. Like whatever comes of that, they're going to be happy with. So I have a question then. If, if, Doing art and being paid to do art can be such a block. I know how it is because I, I, I'm like I'm not taking any more commissions like for a long time. I, I'm not even putting a date on it because I just can't. I won't. And I'm going to get into what I'm doing now instead. But so my question for you, I guess, is you're a graphic designer, so therefore you're still creatively you're creating for someone and they're paying you to do it. Do you feel like there's ever a block there, or why do you feel like there's a difference? Um. There is, and there definitely can be. And I build that. I almost there. So in every, I I saw like a meme or like a reel of this the other day. And it was like the process of being an artist. And it was, it was or like every, every project. And it was like, oh my gosh, I'm so awesome. This is going to be amazing. Oh my gosh, this is going to be the best thing that I've ever, oh my gosh, this is the most horrible thing I've ever created. Wait, no, it's not so bad. And then it goes back up to like, okay, I'm finished. And like, everybody's happy. And it, it really is. It's, it's, you have to work yourself through the waves. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to, when it comes to 
like painting, it feels more permanent than when I work in Illustrator. Yeah, because you can just delete a layer. <laughs> or you can like control Z. Control Z. Like there's no, it's like, and then it's like, okay, if you don't like it, we can make edits. But when it comes to a custom hat or a painting, it's a lot different of a process. It's more visceral. It's more, it's, it's messy. You can't just go back and like take a, like change a color. Like you can paint over it. Sure. But there's something to be said about the thinking about shutting your brain off. Mm -hmm. You're doing a painting and that being like, it's a, it's a, pure emotion on mm -hmm. canvas or it's pure emotion into a hat and it's or whatever it is that you're creating you know it's a sculpture it's a it's a anything so when somebody says oh can we just change that little piece of that it's like you're breaking the art <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's hard but at the same time I understand that if a person isn't fully resonating with it do they, does it reflect what they were looking for? Like, do they want to hang it in their home? It, right. it really is in the eye of the beholder yeah. and the person that you're creating for. So on that note, I had a thought while you were sharing that. I remember this one client specifically, I did a commission for her and she asked me, or she told me just have creative freedom with it, create it however you want. And I love clients like that because it, it takes the pressure out of whatever. Mm. I finished the painting and I send her a picture of it and it's watercolor nonetheless. So it's very transparent. You can't just layer on top of things because then it, anyways, I painted yeah. the sky blue and then she asked if I could make it a sunset with oranges and reds. And yeah. when you have blue as a base on watercolor and you paint orange over the top of it, it's going to turn brown. And I tried explaining that to her, like this is already done. And unless you want to pay me for a second painting and start all the way over, I can't change this. Like it's done now. Yeah. If, if it was an illustrator. Okay. No problem. Let me change the color. Yeah. But in watercolor, you can't do that. And so I, I tried to explain it, it to her and she goes, well, just give it a try. And if we don't like it, then we'll figure it out from there. I was smart. And I said, let me scan this painting in. So that way, if she wants this one, she can, we can make copies of it or whatever. She won't have the original because I'm, gonna, I'm about to fuck up this original and I knew it going into it. And so I scanned it painted over the top of the blue with an orange and sure enough the whole sky looked like it was like a giant shit ball storm <laughs> coming through it was so awful and I sent it to her and she goes oh I see what you mean I'm oh, like yeah. what I'm saying and I was like okay but I did scan this in so here's your digital file you can print it out you can make it as large as you want whatever but the original I mean I'll still ship it to you but it's kind of trash now and it's like don't let an artist have creative freedom and then try to dictate it and change it later because right. that eats the purpose. If you wanted a sunset sky, say that in the beginning. Hey, have some creative freedom, but when we got married, the sunset was beautiful. Can you please do this with a sunset? Right. Like, you know what I mean? It's the communication. And I just, anyways, besides the point. 
So anyways, I'm kind of getting into this point to where I'm, I'm dreading art. And I think it's because I'm doing only commissions for people. Yeah. How long has it been since I sat and painted something just for me? Mm-hmm. In Elizabeth Gilbert's book, it's fresh in my mind because I just finished the damn thing. It's my favorite book of all time. But in her book, she talks about how Einstein, Albert Einstein has this, he calls it combinatory play, meaning if you're not inspired by what you're doing, go do something else. Yeah. And so um, Elizabeth Gilbert explains the story of how this guy's, his sport, his art was football or something. I don't even remember. And he, all of a sudden his game just fell. Like he was no longer at the top of his, in his sport. He just was struggling. He couldn't get any of the passes, whatever it was. So he took a break from football and he went and he started baseball. And there was no pressure there because that's not his sport. It was never expected that he was going to be amazing in baseball. And so he was able to get into baseball, refresh his brain. And then when he went back to football, he was even better than what he was when he, like, when he was the top of his game. That brings me to my next point because I'm really, really excited to share this with you. There's only maybe two people in this entire world that knew this was an inspiration. And you and only one other person knows that this is actually happening. Um, I have, as I felt this disconnect from painting, I have felt a very strong pull to find my creative expression through words. Um, I think this podcast is a testament to that, but especially writing has been a lot of fun for me lately. I started just going to different writing workshops or reading new books or just exploring the art of words. And um, I am writing a book. I am really excited about it. It's um, something that I was going to keep to myself until I finished it. I think there was some pressure on like, oh my God, this girl, she's always starting something and never finishes it. Or she's always doing this and this and this. And so I was going to wait till I had it ready to publish to talk about it. But I'm like, what a disservice to like my creative muses that are pulling me in this direction. Like they're giving me this gift that I, I guess when I look back onto things, I can tell that I've always been, I've always put words into my art. Like almost always, you can attest to that. Whenever I did art journaling, I always had words in my art. Like, and so art and words have always corresponded for me. It's, it's always been that way. And, um, anyways, now as I'm diving into writing, I'm getting inspiration for paintings and it's been really cool. I want to share what I wrote in my journal. Um, Yeah, this is when I decided I was going to start writing. Um, I wrote, my painting has been painful lately. My American athletes mural, the Boise State window paintings, other window paintings I've done and other commissions. It's been a drag. None of it lights me up the way it used to. I wonder if I dive into this world of writing, if my painting will come back to life. A thought. Painting was my introduction into creative passion. It gave me a reason to move through life with purpose, and it connected me to my soul. Plus, it introduced me to a world of passionate living. I'll forever be grateful for the last seven years of my creative self-discovery. I'm not saying I'm quitting painting. On the contrary. 
I actually can't imagine a life where I don't paint. And that sounds so dark and hopeless. But maybe, just maybe, painting found me when I needed purpose. Maybe painting was my segue into writing. My Maybe painting was my segue into writing and deeper passion. Maybe painting needs my writing to encourage it to come back to life. Maybe it was always, I was always meant to have both, like the elements. They don't always work together, but they need each other to survive. So I kind of am like just diving into this magic of words. And I don't think that this inspiration ever hit me until, (laughs) so I was in my job interview for my new job and um, they asked me how I felt about writing. And I'd never said this statement out loud before, but I said it to get the job. But I think when I said that, something sparked in the universe that was like, pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. I told, they asked me how I felt about writing. And I said, I think writing is an art form. And I enjoy doing it. I think the universe was like, hello. (laughs) So anyways, that's something that I'm, I'm working on now. I think that I'm just going to take my time with it. As I'm doing the dishes, I'll get hit with inspiration. I'll stop and I'll go bust something out and then I'll go back to my dishes and then I'll be taking care of the kids and I get inspiration. And I just, every time I get inspiration, I just stop and I catch that inspiration and I just put it onto paper and I just like move on. And I think that's how this book is going to come to life. Um, I think I sent you the the title and stuff, but I don't know if you're familiar with what it is, but it's going to be all about, so it's called Break Free, which is inspired by my Break Free girl that I did. I'll mm-hmm. share a picture of that. And it's an artistic journey through postpartum depression, divorce, and self-discovery. And so I've got a whole outline on it. It's going to be really cool. So that's what's coming up next for me. And I think I also want to do retreats for Soulbound. Mm-hmm. Um, I really would love to have you there to do your vision boarding lesson. And then I want to do um, a play on words for some of that. I don't know. I just want to, there's a lot of things I want to do for a retreat. It'll all come with time. But I think the podcast is the foundation for all of that. And so I'm just kind of dipping into it and allowing myself to just say yes to all these creative muses that I've got going on, but not putting pressure on it, yeah. not not forcing my art to be painting or writing or I don't want it to be miserable. Otherwise, I won't do it. Right. Or so, it, it it's funny, like the like putting things, putting things off, I guess. And then like, first of all, I'm like, all I'm just like goosebumps for you. And I Thank think you're you. 100% on, like we can creatively express ourselves in whatever ways we want, you know, like mm-hmm. spending the day as long, like, as long as I'm making something, you know, and it's, it could be cooking dinner. I mean, it could be trying a new recipe. It could be, um, fueling our, just our creative selves with rearranging the room, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think that we are all just trying to express ourselves through energy in and energy out. Mm-hmm. And I think as artists who don't necessarily, you know, I, I love 
being a business owner and working my way through what that looks like, but it gets, it does like the, the pressure to constantly put creative things out there that people are constantly judging and it, and not like in a necessary, like judgmental way, but like, if it's for somebody's business, they're going to have opinions about it. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. It's not like I have a big ego, but when there is so much of that judgment against the things that you create, I'm not, I'm not trying to complain about that. Like no. the business that I'm in yeah. but it is sort of wearing and you have to then push yourself back up to fuel yourself. Like the- I also think that there's no success without constructive criticism. Oh my gosh, 100%. Because if everyone, could you imagine if everyone just loved every single logo that you ever did and you never got any like feedback in a, hey, let's change this or, hey, we need to do this or I want it to be more mature or whatever it is. If you never got that feedback, where would you be? It's exactly where I was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I, uh, I had this, con- so I had this conversation with a client the other day. I'm, you know, working on her stuff that I really liked what I did and I sent it to her and she was, I could tell she was afraid to not like. Praise it. Praise it. <laughs> she didn't and want I, to be like, well, I, oh, really I love it. <laughs> and I was like, listen this is the first look. And I tell all of my clients this, this is the first look. I need you to be open and honest with me. This is not about me. It's about me using myself as a vessel to put together something for you that you wouldn't be able to do. Mm -hmm. And as much as in the moment, I'm like, like why don't they just love it and can we be done with it like I don't really mean that deep down I really want to push myself further and to get it perfect and to get it better and to or to have it be the perfect thing for them you know and it does it makes me better I didn't mean to cut you off sorry um I think that that can kind of go with a lot of different things. So right now I'm still kind of in this training mode with my new job. Um, but my bosses, bosses, it's a brother sister combo. They're so amazing. And I feel so supported in everything I do from all of my coworkers to my bosses. But I understand that there's things that maybe I have a little bit more skill set on and our other teammates have higher skill sets in. Like we all learn and grow from each other. And I meet with my boss every two to three days to just review where I'm at. And every single time he's like, this is great, but here's how you can level up. This is great, but here's how you can level up. I have grown more. I started working there in August. It's October now. I've grown more in in the two months that I've worked there, two and a half months, than I did in the entire two years I did in my last job. Mm -hmm. Like, it is insane to me. And I, so we're talking about it in an art form, but you have to also be open-minded to con- like criticism. Yes. If, if you go into everything thinking, this is the shit, I don't want to hear any feedback because this is awesome and you're never going to grow. You'll never yeah. grow. No, and I think that that also is the difference between business and artwork as a creative outlet 
Mm-hmm. And if you're an artist and you're trying to make a living based off of being a creative person, it's a fine line in between the two, mm-hmm. obviously, because you have to be super, super vulnerable in order to be an artist and sell your art. Mm-hmm. People don't talk about how much strength it takes to put yourself out there for people to view and purchase and look at because you can go on social medias of or or whatever of so many artists and people are like oh I could do that like that looks like a three-year-old did it like there's it's really really tough out there to be a creative and most creatives are also highly sensitive people mm-hmm. I don't even know I started a point there but it kind of just like went I don't know but well my thought on it is if someone were to ever be like oh I could do that okay then you go fucking do it yeah go make your own fucking art and then you put it out into the world if if you want to be a backseat driver into my artistic journey show up with me share your paintings with me Mm-hmm. And instead of talking you down, I'm going to talk you up. Go make your own goddamn art. Don't talk mine down. You jump in and you do it too. If you could do it, then go fucking do it. Yeah. Like I, I've gotten to a point. I There's part of me that's like in this whole journey of everything we've been like kind of bringing this back to <laughs> what our whole topic was about. <laughs> but in our whole journey, <clears throat> I have found my voice in ways. And then I have found peace in other ways. And a lot of that is boundary setting and knowing when I'm going to let someone get to me and when it's time to tell them to fuck off. It's there's this level of peace in both perspectives where, because there's peace when you don't get walked on Mm. and then there's peace when, and there's sometimes too, you just don't need to respond to everybody. Like you just, there's, I learned through my divorce that there's I would rather protect my peace than protect my name. You can you can talk all the shit you want because I know what's true. And I'm going to protect my peace. And if me putting my artwork out there and ignoring all the negative comments is a way to protect my peace, then that's fine. Or if protecting my peace is telling them to fuck right off, then I'll do that too. You just kind of have to, it's a balance. <laughs> And it's it's funny because I've actually not really had any, I think I'm afraid of that, you know, Mm -hmm. I just, there's, you know, there's all the parts of me like talking about journeys that wishes that I was further on in my journey. And I think that a lot of that is fear-based with Mm -hmm. everything that I do. Um, And that's, that's a huge part of where, where I am in my particular you know, story that's unfolding is Mm -hmm. what am I so fucking afraid of? Why am I so afraid to just do my thing and be myself and put it all out there? Well, I think a lot of it, it's not just fear of failure. It sometimes what holds you back more is fear of success. Like what if this gets like big? What if I have a video that goes viral. What if, whatever the fuck, right? What if, and you're like, oh my God, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It really is. It's not this like sort of place that we've always, like, it's almost, it's like, it's not mediocrity because I don't think my life is mediocre mm-hmm. and I don't think my talent is mediocre, 
And I don't think that the things that I put out there are mediocre, but there is like a certain struggle, like, you know, whether it be uh, with time or financial or whatever it is, like there's, there's a certain part of me that it's ingrained in me to be like, no, like you have to be struggling. Like why it's, and it's like, what, what if you're, you're totally spot on. Like, what if this is huge? Like, can I handle it? Can I, you know, be amazing? Like these other people that I, you know, we, we see other people doing the things that we want to do. And it's like, why not me? It's because we're getting in our own ways. Well, and you think about it and with success comes backlash. Like, no one will ever be able to talk shit on you if they don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And so there's like that success part. Like I just saw a reel. It was Justin Timberlake. He was dancing on stage or something like that. And he was wearing these like whatever shoes. And people had so many comments. It was like, this is what my dad looks like when he's going to Costco or something. Like <laughs> If people can talk shit on Justin Timberlake, then that's yeah. fine. They can talk shit on me too. Like whatever. Yeah. Just you just do your thing, internet trolls. So I don't know. It's sometimes it's nice to just be small because there's a lot more peace in it. But if we're using that to hold us back of more of what we could do and what we have the potential to do, like this book that I'm writing is going to be a very vulnerable piece. And part of me, I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want There's people from the past versions of my life that if they read it, what will they think, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm concerned about what people that I no longer talk to are going to think of my book. Right. That's, yeah. Well, and it's, what did I, there was something the other day that I was like inspired by. And it was like, when we sit in what's comfortable, we're actually doing the world a disservice. Yep. Because think about the people that you could help or inspire. And most of those things that light a spark in somebody else are based off of somebody having the courage to tell their story or to show people what they've been through. It's like, and especially, I guess, I guess, especially with women, because there was like, you don't know what other people are looking at you. Like there are people out there that are looking at you right now while you're looking at somebody else wishing that they were on your level. You know, mm-hmm. you're looking up at this person like, whoa, my gosh, you're so successful. And I just like want to be where they're at. And there's somebody that's a couple of steps behind you that's saying the same thing about you. Like I want what she has and you're doing the world a disservice if you're not, or you're doing somebody out there. You can Mm -hmm. think of one, if there's one person out there that could be inspired by you or that you could help with telling your story or having the boldness to put your art out there or just putting yourself out there just a little bit, like you could be that spark in somebody else that somebody else was for you. I love that you're saying that. Um, And this, I think, goes right along maybe to segue. um, But you know, every single year I set an intention word. Like that's just something I do. 
And I'm going to have a whole podcast on that. That's actually that alone. The intention word and talking about that was what made me decide the date to start this podcast to publish it because I wanted it before the beginning of the year. Um, and so anyways, regardless, right. As soon as the Burr months hit, like September comes into play, I start thinking about what is my next intention word going to be? Because nine months into the year, I feel like you've kind of got an idea of, okay, am I bringing this intention word that I set at the beginning of the year to life? And where do I want next year to be? So I start processing that at the last few months of the year. And next year, my word is connect. And I mainly because I want to connect to my kids. I want to connect through this podcast. I want to hear other people's stories. I want to be a platform for other people to connect with other people, like hear your story. And someone out there might be struggling with their graphic design business and you just touch their soul. And now you're going to have like a network marketing friend, right? That you can, I don't, network marketing was not the word to use. It's just going to be another person in your network that they can then follow you and find inspiration from you. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's so much peace in living with intention. And if you're tr you're trying to just follow whatever creative muse is pushing you in whatever direction you need to, when you work harmoniously with that energy, it's like dancing with the moon. Like there's no pull in any specific direction. You're just working in harmony with the universe to create whatever it is you're meant to create. You don't have to fight it. You don't have to push against it. It doesn't have to be miserable. You're just dancing with the moon. That's a part of the inspiration I got when I was writing my book. <laughs> now that's something about dancing the moon, dancing with the moon will be in there, but I love that. I'm and it's so funny that you said that because I had this big it's probably probably don't have time for my big like thing, but I <laughs> I'm sort of in the process of thinking about like niching down with my clients mm -hmm. and working with a specific type of client that really, really brings me joy. And I was talking with, um, a copywriter. We, we connected like randomly. I well, not randomly. I was connected with her through another, um, person that I work with and it, that she was like, let me know a time that you can like get together. And it was like, Oh, well, I'm actually free now. I have the rest of my week is crazy. And she was like, I'm free now too. So we both jumped on and like with business professionals that like very rarely ever happen. Right. Things coincide. But we had the most amazing discussion and talked about niching down a little bit. And I said, one of the things I said to her is I really love working with people that I can say things like energy or vibes, or I can just be myself and you were talking about dancing with the moon and I'm very connected to the moon. Mm -hmm. like I, this past new, this past like full moon was intense for me. I know when there are times when I can feel that energy pull and I, yeah. I have to sort of like refocus myself, recenter myself. And I had this like idea that, um, and I was reading up on the full moons and I had this idea and it, and it's about uh, creativity like is at your heightened point when there is either a full moon or a new moon and I thought about 
starting my kickoff, like having my kickoff calls for my new clients on like spreading my clients out by date of the moon. That is so smart. <laughs> and I was, I just was, I don't even know. I had I hadn't even said it out loud. Like it was something that I talked about the other day. But the fact that you were talking about dancing with the moon and me like planning out, like planning out my, you know, my schedule based on the moon. I saw like, your face change when I said that. When I said it's like dancing with the moon and you just it hit your soul. Those words hit your soul. <laughs> right, right in the right in the field points. <laughs> Well, I am so excited for you and everything that you're doing. I, I've just been, I mean, over the past couple of years, as we've separated after our art membership, I, I've just kind of watched and just kind of have seen you grow. And I think we've both grown in our own ways. Yours is just more visual on social media than mine was. <laughs> um, but I just, I've loved watching everything that you're doing and, and who you are now. And I'm so grateful, so grateful for our time that we had in our art membership and your hand that you played in giving birth to this brand, because now as I'm coming back around, I get to bring it back to life. And mm -hmm. while we may not be doing this together, like you're always part of it. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of more taking the lead on it, but you'll always be part of it. And I'm just, I'm really grateful for you. Always. I'm grateful for you. You're my favorite. I feel like I needed this chat with you today. Like I feel like I have kind of a crazy hectic week ahead of me and I feel more, I feel really like at peace right now. And I feel like this was just <laughs> such a good conversation. It's just always good to be around you. I love you. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for you. So <laughs> anyways, thank you. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast. We'll thank you for having me.